You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Don't make God a liar. It's the title of this devotion. I understand that that kind of can hit you between your eyes. I would never, ever think to make God a liar. Well, the Bible tell, warns us against that. He says here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 10, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. You see, we know through the scripture, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says there in, in Romans chapter 3 verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There's none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongue, they have practiced deceit. The poison of aspen is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Wow. I mean, it is unquestionable that the Lord here makes it very clear that he regards us all under sin. Sin, my friends, you have to realize, is the nature of the flesh. You see, this flesh is the body of Adam. And the Bible says in Romans 5 here, through one man's sin, death entered the world and came to all men. It is through the sin in Adam that sin spread to us all and the power of that sin in the flesh is revealed in that all die because of him. Therefore, we should never disregard how powerful the nature of sin is that it causes us all to die. So you cannot say, I don't have sin, when God's word says you do and the evidence is in your flesh in that you die. So the evidence of the nature of sin in us is that we die. The wages of sin is death, it says here in the scripture. And Jesus Christ paid the penalty of sin. Now, what is so powerful, friends, when you look at Jesus, is he accepted the judgment and the wrath of God on man. We, who are the guilty ones, keep saying, no, no, like Adam, it's, it's the woman. It's the woman. And Eve says, 
don't look at me, it's the serpent. And that's the very nature of sin. It cannot bear the pain of taking account. Jesus fully took account of sin and thereby satisfied the law. He not only took fully account of sin, right? He accepted the judgment of sin. He accepted that sin is in the flesh by offering his body as a sacrifice for sin, right? Thereby he took responsibility. He became sin for us, as the scripture says. But it's not just that he did this in the act of his self-sacrifice, but in the spirit with which he did it, he completely satisfied the law that says, the soul that sins shall die. And the spirit by which he offered up himself in death was like sweet perfume to God. You see, friends, there is something about us that shows God is true and not a liar. In that there is a sweetness of humility, a sweetness of surrender, it is the sweetness of Christ's love in us that compels us, 2 Corinthians 5.14, to no longer live to please self. It's a sweetness of surrender. That sweetness of surrender is not always an instant experience. It is a labor sometimes of Christ. Paul would say in Galatians 4 verse 9, I travail in birth that Christ would be formed in you. Travail in birth speaks of birth pains. I can feel the pain of your rebellion, self-will, not willing to say, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner, and somehow seeking to exert self, to, to, to push forth self. And self is the very nature of sin. Jesus said, if you seek to save yourself, you will die in your sin. But if you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you will live. It is self that often is the great labor of the Spirit of Christ to bring you to that conformity to Him of full surrender by His eternal Spirit to bring you to the Father, to say, Father, have mercy upon me, a sinner. It is the love of Jesus that compels you to not live to please yourself. It is, and how does he do it? He begins to reveal in you and to you the love by which he offered himself. He is the one who endured the suffering that should have been ours. Isaiah 53, verse 4. The pain that we should have borne, and all the while we thought that his suffering was punishment sent by God, but because of our sin, he was wounded, beaten because of the evil we did, and we are healed because of the punishment he suffered and made whole by the blows he received. All of us were like sheep that were lost, and each of us going astray by going our own way. But the Lord made the punishment fall on him, the punishment all of us deserved. That sweetness of the sacrifice by which he took full responsibility for our failure is what makes God true. When you keep defending yourself, when you keep accusing others, you make God to be a liar. People cannot see the truth of God in you. 
people are deceived by the veil of your human nature. I know that's quite serious thinking here. But when they taste in you that sweet, eternal spirit of Christ by which he offered himself without blemish to the Father in his suffering, our sin, when they taste that self-denial of Christ in you and me, we show God is true. We show God is true. And out of our nature comes this, this spirit of life in Christ that Paul talks about here in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says in verse 12, I thank the Lord Jesus. Let me read it to you from the Living Bible. I, thank, I am thankful to Jesus, our Lord, for choosing me as one of his messengers and giving me the strength to be faithful to him, even though I used to scoff at his name and even hunted his people down and trying to harm them any way I could. But God had mercy on me because I didn't know what I was doing then for I didn't know Jesus at that time. But how kind the Lord was that he showed me how to trust him and to become full of his love. Because I tell you how true it is that I long that everyone should know what I'm telling you, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners, for I was the greatest of them all. I want everybody to see in me what a beautiful Savior Jesus is, what a wonderful, merciful Christ he is. That is the truth, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That is the truth, and I am one of them. I am one of them. You are one of them. You are. And we are all saved by His merciful grace. Ephesians 2, verse 8. By faith. And that grace is not of ourselves, but this is the gift of God. 1 Timothy 2, verse 3. And this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth that there is but one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in this time. For all, for all men, for all men. Every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All of us must be saved. That is the truth. And God wants us to be these truth of God producers. How can I produce the truth of God? Through the love of Christ, through the sacrifice of Christ, and that people feel that in you, and see that in you, and see a meekness about you that's not human. It's divine, the humility about you. Jesus showed his divinity by his humility, folks. Even though he was God and equal to him in heaven, yet he did not cling to his equality with God, but gladly made himself of no reputation, taking on the guise of a servant and taking his service to the Father to the extreme of death on the cross, wherefore he was also highly exalted and given the name above every name. He showed his divinity as God in his humility in making himself of no reputation but laying down his life for another. You see, sometimes we can complain about the privilege of having to lay down our lives for one another. 
We could say, well, she never does that for me. Well, he never does that for me. But I always have to call them. Well, I always have to go to them, and they never come to me. And that spirit shows that you're not completely in the truth yet. And I want to encourage you. Always live out of the truth. Always live out of that sweet union with the Heavenly Father where you have His sweet love whereby you are compelled to lay down your life for one another and show His love to others and others see the truth of God in you. By the nature of self-sacrifice, self-denial that comes through your union with Jesus. And they see that sweet love that you have through your union with the Father and the Son that love that compels you to keep loving others when they don't love you, to keep blessing others when they don't bless you, to keep forgiving others when maybe they don't ever say sorry and to keep doing good. And where do you get that ability to be like that? From your union with Him who gave His life for us and that is the witness of the truth in us. And God needs you desperately today. Don't complain about others not doing for you what God has given you the grace to do for them but do it sweetly, out of a willing heart, and with gratitude for the privilege that you may share in the grace that you have in Christ to reveal the love and the truth of the Father, amen. Have a good day.